So here we are, episode two. Episode two, or is it our is very it, first is it our, I think we're going to start every week with, it's our debut, our this, debut show. This is it. This, Let's keep that motif happening. This is our first time doing this. This is going to be great. We're this really week. excited. <laughs> well, welcome back to Reconcinimation, the real episode, or week two. Yes. We had a bonus episode, National Lampoon's Vacation, last week. Yeah, and uh, sh- surely it was uh, a wonderful for everyone involved. Uh, Ratings were off the charts. Yeah, everybody was talking about it. Everybody, everybody's talking reconcinimation. We're opening these episodes just talking about how everyone's talking about how great we are. <laughs> Every show. Yeah. Uh, well, we're so great that we're going to have yet another bonus show right after this one. Oh yeah. Stay tuned because we're we're sticking with a. A 4th of July, an Independence Day kind of feel. Mm. So uh, that hope that wasn't too much of a giveaway. Oh. Wink, wink. Oh, a high-energy holiday spirit here. Hol- yes, we're all about the holiday spirit. Yeah, get into the holiday spirit, guys. There's it's, lots of holidays coming up. I mean, July. There's Labor Day. There's Arbor Day. Uh-huh. There's, I consider Friday the 13th a holiday. Uh, when is that coming? We've got, well, there's that... one coming up soon. Oh, gosh. So, that's we might exciting. be, yeah. We may have to celebrate that. Yeah, let's put a pin in that one. Um, do we tell everyone who we are? Did we already do that? I haven't. We haven't done that yet. Oh, all right. you, yeah, Who are you? Uh, I'm Dave Munchak. I'm John Diner, and we're talking cinema. Yeah. Welcome back to Reconcinimation. It's uh, a podcast where we're going to look at some of our favorite films from the '70s, the '80s, the '90s, the films of our youth that we grew up with and either loved then don't like now vice versa we're looking at how these movies hold up now is it worth giving them another chance uh how, what's their legacy how how do they hold up uh in the year 2018 that's a tall uh scholarly art uh order for us i hope we can do it i mean i think we can do anything if we put our minds to it <laughs> if we try hard you sound like my favorite teacher <laughs> i was your favorite teacher <laughs> yeah I learned something from you every day. I'm 72 years old. Mm-hmm. You've, retired. You've taught every class I've ever taken. I'm Skyping this in from Florida. <laughs> yes. Where you live. Where I live. Yeah. With your wife? Boca. In Boca? Yeah. Your wife's still with us? She is. She's, yeah. All right. She's, she's hanging on. Uh, well, what is the first, uh, or not the first, what is the film we're going to get into? Well, we're going to show you right now there is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change without passion and without logic it lives to kill a mindless eating machine it will attack and devour anything It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfuss, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. From Recon Cinema Studios in Hollywood, we're back. And we're talking about everyone's favorite movie, 
Jaws 3. <laughs> we're jumping right into Jaws 3, the we're, best, we're, yeah. of, the best skip, of the series. We just skip right over the best one, a mediocre one, right to, like, arguably the worst one. Yeah, um, but, you know, if you're going to... It's a flashpoint in, in creating a cinematic universe, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Jaws 3 really shook well, audiences. <laughs> Right no, to their core. I don't want to talk about Jaws three. Let's talk about a real good movie. <laughs> How about Jaws? Okay, all right. We'll do Jaws. We'll start with Jaws and see where that goes. Jaws, baby. Uh, so nineteen seventy five. It's Jaws. It's Universal Pictures presents Jaws. Jaws the shark. Jaws the shark. <laughs> Jaws. The shark. That was the original title. It's yeah. called Jaws the shark. <laughs> Jaws exclamation point. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Yes. Never heard of him. He was a nobody before this, right? He was a nobody after. I don't know what happened to that guy. Whatever happened to that guy. Uh, Whatever happened to... He was... What, he directed some Columbo episodes, Mm -hmm. couple movies, made this, never heard from again. Yeah, he was done as of... uh, by the next year, yeah. no, nobody was talking about it. It was. It's a shame because he had some potential. I thought. Well, I mean, he did a really good job with this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the best films ever made, right? Uh, it's definitely top hundred, top hundred, top hundred, top fifty. Let's bring that down, way down. Top top twenty. Top. Mm, I go top twenty five. Top twenty five. All right. I wonder what your twenty six. You know what? People are gonna rip me apart. <laughs> top gonna, twenty-five. They're top twenty-five. Jaws is a top ten movie. Like, I'm gonna get killed on on Twitter. You know, well, is it gonna happen on Twitter or Facebook? Where do I get ripped apart for saying that? Um, the it'd be quicker on Facebook, but um, more clever on Twitter. I think. Oh yeah, you you got it. Yeah, you know, it's you just, gotta up the clever game. Those tw- you only have two hundred eighty characters. Don't now. be on Twitter if you can't. At a high level on that on the cleverness. No, you're you're a hack if you uh, if you can't bring the zingers. <laughs> bring well, the either zing. way, either way, Jaws is an all time classic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I don't I don't know anybody who would argue about. It. Have you met anyone who has disliked Jaws? Uh, only for emotional reasons, but from a filmmaking sure. standpoint, I don't see why you would say, that, you know. What's the problem? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's people... Because I fucking hate this movie from an emotional standpoint. Well, not anymore, but I used to. Okay, well, you want to talk about trauma. I'm talking to the guy right here. You've got trauma? I've got major trauma. Tra- yeah, shark trauma. Um, I saw this movie when I was around five. Mm-hmm. Five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Not the age to see this movie. No. Uh, that was about the same time as me, too, as well. Yeah. I remember... I actually remember seeing Jaws 2. I may have seen Jaws 2 first for some reason. Yeah. I, I, I'm almost positive I saw Jaws 2 first. And in my mind, it was all... It was like all action in Jaws 2. And then I went and saw Jaws 1. Or I think it was either my dad was watching it and not realizing I'm like sitting there watching it. And I'm like mesmerized by the whole thing mm-hmm. and just complete trauma in my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm never going in the water yes. again. Like never. Why well, go to the water after this movie? Yeah, I mean, oh my god, it's incredible the effect that it had. But we're, I guess we'll 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 get into that. The effect of uh, 
of swimming in the Atlantic Ocean and yeah, swimming in general. Like Ugh. people, nobody, nobody's gone in the water since. Yeah. Swimming stopped. There has been no recreational swimming yeah. on any beach. Crazy in the last forty years. A lot of beachgoers, but no water swimmers. They like to stand out. Uh, they stand there. They lay out there. Yeah. They have a picnic. Going to the beach is the worst. <laughs> you hate it. I'm envisioning the whole thing. I, sitting you're on a getting, hot beach. You're getting stressed oh. right now. Oh my god! I see just, sweat. Just, just. Ugh. God, I'm turning red. Just the <laughs> thought. Of sunburn, <laughs> sunburn, humidity, salt water, oh, dirt, dirt, a, literal dirt. I that love, you. You're supposed to just play with. I love it, but oh god! Like the Atlantic Ocean is the worst place to do anything, and people do this by choice. Like, thank God we're here on the Pacific Coast. Yeah, no, this is where it's at. Yeah, I haven't been in the water at the Pacific on the Pacific. Oh, well, you come with me. We'll go. All right. Yeah. Uh, they swim head. here. They don't swim on the East Coast anymore. But. They kind of, they just wade. You don't they, swim. They, yeah. Because you know why you, you don't swim? Because you can't see anything. I it's heard dark and dingy and gross. I heard no... surfing is a thing out here, though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is like Surf City, USA. So, so right? you got it. Yeah. yeah. We're pretty close to that. Are we? We're, yeah, we're about how, s- how far? 6.3 miles from Surf City. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, let's uh, take a road trip. Yeah. Or maybe just a quick. Is that a road trip? Yeah, that's six miles is a road trip. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway, we're sidetracking way early here. Doing the bits like just going, <laughs> just going. We're br- we're bringing the energy here. In it's two o'clock two. in the morning, guys. Oh. We're we're a little delirious. Yeah, we just did four episodes right yeah. before this one, so yeah. we're just uh, amped up on uh, Skittles. It was Jaws four, Jaws three, Jaws two, and now we're doing now Jaws we're one. Doing Jaws one. We are going to cover Jaws 4 one day, though. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. It's so bad, it's great. Great. Um, But when, when, so this movie came out in 75? Yeah, June 20th, 1975. Time for the holiday season. (laughs) Right, time for Christmas. It's the holiday season. (laughs) Uh, That's all I know from a TV commercial, maybe? Anyway, never mind. Yeah, all right. Uh, Yeah, so originally this was a book written by Peter Benchley. Hmm. Uh, came out in 1974. Prior to it coming out, the two producers who have a deal at Universal, Daryl Zanuck and, and Richard Brown, mm-hmm. are, are, are coincidentally working with Steven Spielberg on a movie called The Sugarland Express. Mm-hmm. While they're doing this, uh, they come across an article that is previewing this book, Jaws, that's coming out. Uh, so Richard Brown snatches up the rights to the to the project before the book's even been published. So he's already ahead of it, hoping this is going to be a big time, or they can turn this into a big time movie. Mm-hmm. On the set for Sugarland Express, they've got the script, the manuscript, kind of laying around. Spielberg gets a hold of it and reads it over a weekend and is in love with it. Huh. So. They're kind of the, the the team is already starting to come together. They had the rights. They had the manuscript. The book's not even out yet. The book's not even out yet. But they're like they're ready. Yeah. And Spielberg loves it. And the big thing, obviously, they they were trying to figure out how how they would do this movie. How they would make make this look real and not look like a fake kind of. Now I'm not 
putting anything down by, uh, when I talk about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but mm-hmm. some of the older stuff looks, you know, it, it doesn't age as well. It looks The older it gets, the phonier it looks, and they wanted to mm. avoid that and make this a real, something real, mm-hmm. something you can latch onto, and that's part of what's so great about the movie in general is that there's such realism. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're not like, there's... It's a stretch, but it's not like completely unbelievable that there would be shark attack. There's a shark attack, and you know, along a coastal town. Oh sure. So shark attacks are are, are a thing. I mean, they ha- people that get eaten by sharks. That people who live in those towns know that. It's it's not constant. It's not. It's certainly not a threat like in. Jaws. I hope it's not constant. But you, you know, I don't think so. No one's been in the water ever since to let us know <laughs> so if, we were to if there's any if there's sharks up there. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's a scary thing to uh, to think about a shark coming to eat you while you're just enjoying your recreational swim in the dirty ocean. Yeah, it's a real fear. Dirty. It's, a, it's <laughs> dirty. I'm more afraid of the, the dirty Atlantic Ocean. Than, Disgusting. Than the shark. Yeah. yeah. Who would go in there to begin with? And then now there's a shark? <laughs> Come on. Ugh. Sorry. You guys. People like do this on purpose. <laughs> I'm only going to do is rant about going to the ocean in the summer. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they've got the, they've got, so how, they got to come up with a plan. How do you make the shark believable? Yeah. Or so they, the they story go, believable? Spielberg wants to do the movie, but I, they don't kind of reconnect like, immediately they're they are looking at other directors um who just aren't the right fit they wanted uh john sturgis who had done magnificent seven a lot of westerns uh to do it he passes on it there's another director who couldn't separate the shark in this story and moby the whale from moby dick Mm -hmm. like he kept calling it a whale and they're just like we're not on the same page oh okay (laughs) So like you know what we just did this movie with Steven Sugarland. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's keep that going. He's a he's a spark plug. A spark plug. <laughs> a spark plug. Steven Spielberg. Is that what you call people? Is, is he that lets what? me call him that. Oh, you guys are that close. Let's keep that quiet. He walks. In I don't the room. like to. I don't like to let that relationship get out there. Okay, you just told him like a million people on this podcast. Anyway, uh, uh, moving on. <laughs> Excuse me. What was that? I guess you could just cut all that out, but no, that's all staying in. Okay, that's, yeah. we're live to tape. Yeah, this is live to tape. Live from Hollywood, from Hollywood, and Recon Cinema Studios. So anyway, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about John. <laughs> okay, yeah. sorry. Uh. So the book, when the book comes out in 74, mm-hmm. it also, it starts this craze of this fear of water, okay? Mm-hmm. This fear of getting in the water, of something's going to get you, that continues into the movie. The, the ball's already rolling with the book by the time the movie comes out, and then it just explodes with kids being afraid of the water, adults not wanting to go in it, mm-hmm. Um and that definitely got me, like we were talking about, when I was five or six, that it was this movie and a movie called Alligator. Ooh. Yeah, dig that one out of the Is archives. that one about a crocodile? 
So it's about a gator it's coming. About, it's about turtles. About <laughs> a, a flock of turtles. Uh, yeah, that's about. That's another great one. Uh-huh. Actually, written by John Sales. Um, oh. It's well. about a alligator that gets in the beginning. A kid gets an alligator as like a gift, mm-hmm. like a baby alligator, and the the parent, one of the parents, doesn't want it around. Flushes it down the toilet. It ends up in the sewers and like lives off this like toxic waste stuff mm-hmm. that this company is throwing down. And, so much toxic and waste. And then uh, ends up escaping and terrorizing the city. But, Holy cow! But there's a scene in that, mm-hmm. and when we cover alligator, I'll get really into it. But <laughs> where a kid gets thrown in. A kid who's, mind you, blind at his own birthday party is mm-hmm. blindfolded with his hands tied behind his back, mm-hmm. thrown into a pool by his friends at night. So this kid's... <laughs> what? This kid's fucked already. <laughs> and there's a shot looking down with this kid on the diving board right before his friends push him in. And you see the alligator waiting below with his... He just opens his jaw, his, his jaws. Oh. And they, they push the kid in and... That traumatized me for pools, oh. and Jaws traumatized me for like open water. Oh my god! Including like lakes and ponds, those are just dirty. I wouldn't go in there anyway. Yeah, disgusting. But, yeah. Uh, so all bodies of water were were covered for me for insanely being insanely afraid of them. Wow. Does it does it still live with you today? I'm not. Yes, it does. Okay. Do you, I'll be honest about that. And I'm not the only one. That's okay. I, I can I, I can, believe I, I believe put money I put money that sixty four percent of our audience is afraid of listening live right now uh-huh. is afraid of the water of of open water pools ponds mm-hmm. lakes streams. There's a movie called Open Water. Ooh, isn't there? There is. Is there a movie called? Is it Open Water? No, Open Range. That's a cal- That's a western. Open Open Water is a shark movie. Yeah, about I will a not girl watch that. On a, a girl, it's a girl. Is it Shailene Woodley? No, I don't know. It's Blake Lively. Isn't Blake it? Lively. She's yeah. caught on a caught on a rock and injured in the middle of a like a bay or some or a harbor. I don't know. An, in, an inlet. Inlet. Yeah. An inlet. And she's like like hundred feet from the shore. Sure. Or something. Yeah. But then like some shark is like trapped in there or is just gonna kill her. And I actually heard that movie's pretty good. I'd like to watch it after this. It's an interesting concept, but I hope the shark wins. Is it like an alternate universe about? Um, Chrissy, the girl from the opening sequence in Jaws. Oh, yeah. If she made it to the, on that buoy, yes. And yeah, I it's think like that. Wow, this is this is the. So other, this is an alternate. I just made that. Oh my god! That's, I think that was follow me. Everyone, follow me on that one. Um, well, I'm sorry that you're so traumatized by water. The same thing happened to me. Saw this. Saw Jaws way too young, and it was it was. It's not even just the horror of. Uh, the blood or whatever i think it was literally the first like you know the girl dies in the dark and attacked and it's kind of like kind of vicious she's thrashed about and all of that it's just scary because you don't see Mm -hmm. but then the 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 other major kill or the first the next big kill is a kid just on a raft so it's like a shot so it's like that's a kid. I'm a kid. I I'm not going on a raft in the ocean. Screw this. Like, oh, yeah, a kid can die and get and just and and now his mom's upset. And the, like, like, nope, the, not that, doing that. That is a tr- that again. Children uh, in and, peril today. Yeah, gets me nuts. But that, when I was a kid, I'm like, I don't want to be in peril. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a really violent scene. And when you think about Spielberg 
Like you think about, ah, oh, he loves kids. He E.T. Does. and, you know, whatever. He, yeah. He's uh, like a family-friendly yeah. filmmaker. But this mm-hmm. kid, this is one of the most violent deaths in the movie. I mean, he gets that shot of, like, the blood squirting, like, shooting, sc- out. shooting out of the water. Yeah. I mean, is is horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. And especially now having having kids, like, I now that hits me in a whole different way. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't feel over the top. None of the things that happen in Jaws feel over the top. Well, obviously, they're not realistic in reality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that way in the movie. It feels like it should exist or it could exist in the world of the movie. Yeah. Well, it's just shot that way. It's like shot from, you know, it's a far off shot from the beach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, zoomed in shot, really, of of the where the blood's splurting out. So, And it's, you know, at eye level. You know, there's nothing... Uh, it's his point of view. It's it's yeah. Brody's point of view. Brody, played by the excellent Paul Scheider. That's what I call you, Brody. Call me Brody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, bro. Brody. Uh, Paul Scheider. Paul Scheider. Paul Scheider. Pretty sure it's Paul Scheider. <laughs> I can't believe I call him that. Roy. <laughs> Roy. How can you forget you a name like Roy? You didn't catch it when I said it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, but I don't listen to you. Oh, I see. That's right. I just go, uh-huh, uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you just go on to your next point. <laughs> Nothing I say even matters. We're two individuals kind of talking about the same thing. <laughs> That's the We're show. not in the same room at all, uh, and we're recording our own I told st- you, side I, of the podcast. I'm in Florida. Oh, right, right. Retired. Uh, I'm anyway. actually at Universal Studios in Florida Oh. in the shark's mouth. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's where they have the uh, animatronic ride? I don't know. Did they close Jaws down? I don't know. I think they did. Probably. They'd have to make room for Fast and Furious. Well, you you have to. You have to. You Yeah. You're not... Once you have a Vin Diesel-based ride in the works. Is there a shark in those movies? Because they just there change the label. They should be. Just just slap a new <laughs> label slap, on it. And they just slap Fast and Furious on it. Shark Furious. And then there's just like a cardboard cutout of Vin Diesel like in the water or something. But it's the Jaws ride. It's the same thing. Did, did I ever tell you my thing with the Jaws ride? No. Have you been on it? I was on it once, yes. And I think I just shut my eyes the whole time. Yeah. I'm just not, not going to do it. Uh-huh. No, I've never heard this story. I think I had my eyes closed for a lot of that ride because it goes through Jaws and then the um, Psycho House and then this oh. spinny thing that was – I don't know what they – they changed what it was from, oh. but originally it was from an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, <laughs> and it's this like tunnel that is rotating around you. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys listening, you you've been there probably. Sure. Uh, and I was like, I can't take spinning either, mm-hmm. so I was like, you're hitting me from all oh my all my weak points here. You you are uh, just de- debilitated from. But debilitated? that was yeah. But that wasn't even the story. So I was working at Universal on a, on a show, and it was a night shoot. And, you know, at night, all the, the, all the lights are off except for wherever you're filming. And we're deep in the back lot, and I'm driving. It's like, I don't know, 3 in the morning, something like that. And I'm driving a golf cart, and I, feel, I can't see where I'm going because the golf cart doesn't have any headlights. And I veer off to the right of the path. And I, like, feel myself, like, you know, go off the cart path. And I stop, and I look, and I'm, like, 15 feet from the shark. 
Oh like, my god! The shark is up out of the water, mouth open, <laughs> just sitting there staring at me. You gotta be kidding! And I, no, I was like, mm, I I think I just died. I, I think I just my heart just stopped. <laughs> so if you were, and if, then I went back to work. If you were less uh, aware of what you were doing, you could have literally driven a golf cart into Jaws. Yes, <laughs> like, and I would have found a way to die in an animatronic. The most humiliating death. Like, they're going to open up Universal Studios the next morning. <laughs> Here's this kid. <laughs> Somehow, he got upside down in the shark's mouth and drowned or and something. And died. <laughs> Suffocated. How humiliating for him. It would have, yeah. That would have that been great. Oh, I'm glad you didn't die. I'm glad you're here. You to know what? Talking talk Jaws. Yeah, Jaws too. Talk. Where were we? We sidetracked a whole, uh, a whole bunch. Something about the We're blood. talking about Kurt Russell. Uh, yeah, of Probably. course. Yeah, yeah, no, our favorite. We like uh, to. He's our. Guy. If you didn't catch the first two episodes, we like to we like to circle back to Kurt. We like to see where he's in. Check Kurt in with is Kurt. one of our centerpieces to our our upbringing. So we're gonna we're gonna try to tie every show to him somehow. Maybe. Yeah. We'll maybe. Be... Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right. There's no there's no maybes here. Sounds good. Uh, uh, what were we talking about no, before well, that? Well, I think the um, just the bloody murder. Uh, kid uh, yeah kids in peril yeah the one thing on I, so I part of the problem that the, the 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 big problem of this movie is what to do with the shark mm-hmm. when they're making it how do you show it how do we make this shark mm-hmm. look real where do we place it you know it's a logistical problem it's an it's an everything problem mm-hmm. well not having the shark ended up being the biggest, the best thing they could do. Mm-hmm. Not having the shark in the first three quarters of the movie uh, adds so much more mm-hmm. to it. Adds so much more to the fear element. Um, not seeing it, you know, the music ends up uh, the brilliant, brilliant, brilliant score by John Williams represents the shark. So everywhere you you have to get more creative. Spielberg had to be more creative about the way he shot certain scenes mm-hmm. so that you wouldn't have to worry about seeing the shark or you just see a fin, mm-hmm. you know, and then the music represents the shark. You know, the shark is there yeah. from the camera angles, from the soundtrack. It's quite brilliant. It is. It's a happy, I don't know if it's, it's not an accident, but uh, it worked in their favor for sure. Well, it's just, that's just what, what great, I mean, we say this all the time, you, you know, when we talk about limited budgets on, on films or whatever, you have to get creative with how you're going to, how you're going to do it. And the great, the greats, the greats come up with something that are innovative and, and something they never would have planned for if they had an mm-hmm. unlimited budget. Yeah. They had, you know, there's a lot of filmmakers like John Carpenter's one I always go to that the smaller budget they have the better their films are. Yeah. Some, sometimes people can do a lot more with less. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys. I think Spielberg made it work with bigger budgets too. Well, yeah, he, he, he could scale up. <laughs> I heard he did. He did fine by scaling up. <laughs> I heard I he had a couple of things that kind of hit kind of took off. Yeah, sure. Um, so America was afraid to go in the water because of the book. Mm-hmm. And then, then they saw the movie definitely not going in the water. Yeah. Uh, but that's it was already in the culture in the pop culture of the time before mm-hmm. the film sort of yeah. like a da vinci code yeah the book kind of set thing. it up right everyone's talking about it Everyone, yeah. you know 
People are letting their imaginations run wild, mm-hmm. like you do. And the book, so the book kind of set it up for the movie, and then the movie just explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jaws is an interesting movie. It's coming at an interesting time. 1975 is almost smack in the middle of what we in showbiz call new, the New Hollywood movement. Mm. What's that? New Hollywood is my personal favorite period of film. Mm-hmm. It's about 1967 uh, to somewhere in the mid-80s, around 83, 84-ish, mm-hmm. uh, the American film scene. So it's when your Francis Ford Coppola's and your Martin Scorsese's and Spielberg and George Lucas and lots of uh, Bob Rafelson, lots of directors are kind of the youth movement sort of took over the old Hollywood studio system, Mm -hmm. the like John Wayne era and the, you know, Cary Grant era that was, was dying out and young producers started making films, young producers started working at the studios and, and it was the audience needed something more, needed something real. They didn't want part of it. I think had to do with the Vietnam war that, that it was just a darker, sense coming over over the uh american audience so they they wanted something grittier something real and not like grandiose you know epic kind of pictures Mm -hmm. that they had been making before the old studio films so jaws so you've got movies like mean streets and dog day afternoon and the french connection william friedkin's another director Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never heard of any of these guys, by the way. But go ahead. No, but go ahead. <laughs> I can keep rattling them off. I want to hear all the names. Last yeah. Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Godfather was probably the biggest of them all. It became the biggest moneymaker. But um, Jaws is a big turning point because it really showed how you could monetize the Hollywood movie. It's the first real blockbuster and there was other obviously there was plenty of hits the James Bond movies there's there's tons of movies that did well but this was like a new new height that you could go to and people realized like oh you can it's about the marketing of it and and it's and it's the fact that it's immediately followed by Star Wars which right. took it up even obviously the merchandising and the business side of it to all to an even higher level but Jaws was the movie that like opened the door, and it it's kind of the beginning of the end of New Hollywood and that real kind of uber creative period. Mm-hmm. Um, and these directors could basically they had like they could basically do what they wanted. They were kind of running wild with their budgets and their creative freedom. You know, they had Final Cut approval, and wow. and uh, but Jaws is kind of the beginning of the end of that movement. And I'm, I feel like it. The nail in the coffin was Top Gun, so it's like a ten year period that it took to kind of really kill off that that new Hollywood wave. So before Jaws necessarily, and more or less, you know, movies are being made, movies are making money. Yes, people go to the movies. There, people are um, uh, discerning about what they're going to go see. They're not going to see everything. So then. Jaws makes just explodes, becomes a pop culture, you know, uh, uh, touchstone, mm-hmm. and makes a ton of money. So then it became 
let's let's try to repeat this yes. business. Let's let's bring in the audiences yeah. to come more than once to yeah. give them a, a, a spectacle, give them something. Which is funny because Jaws isn't really it's it's got spectacle in a few set pieces, but it really is just a, like it's a it's a really character driven story for Brody and, yeah. and and the gang. And and that's the thing, like I, this movie like starts the end of my favorite period in cinema. Mm. So I should hate it, mm-hmm. but I can't. Like I, I love this movie because it's a well it's, done movie. It's, I mean, it's is it flawless? I, I don't see like very few movies are flawless to me. This might be one of them. Mm. I don't. I really can't think of a story mistake or a creative thing that really bumps me. Mm-hmm. It all just works. Everything. Everything works. Yeah. Well, the, the characters are great, and that's a, the great centerpiece to the movies. It's really about it's about these three guys, mostly Brody, because mm-hmm. Quint doesn't really come in till towards the end. I mean, you see him in early on, but yeah. he's not really in it till the end. Mm-hmm. But they're all kind of like it's a it's a human story that they're all searching for something. Mm-hmm. You know, Brody's trying to prove himself and prove. Brody's afraid of the water. Uh, he's got this. He's basically fighting this juggernaut of how to handle this problem. He's got a political issue mm-hmm. uh, with dealing with the mayor who doesn't want him to close the beaches down, and the, that whole that whole side of it that he's he's torn. That he he also realizes that this this town needs the beaches open to bring in money. That's what the town lives on, especially the whole rest of the year. They need to maximize the summer money. If they close the beaches, they lose that money, and that is a huge problem for the town continuing. I mean, they could literally, like, shut down. Right. They, 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 they count on them summer dollars. Like, all those, all those uh, hard-working city folk got to come to the beach. The beach is an amity. And spend their, their, their time at the shore. For yeah. the, for the uh, 50th uh, July 4th regatta, I think it was. That was on that wonderfully painted billboard. Mm-hmm. Your favorite billboard. It is ridiculous billboard. <laughs> this photo, almost photorealistic woman on a raft, uh, painted, hand paint. It's all hand painted, and then the sun is like the raisin brand sun with sunglasses, but it's drawn like a four year old. Doesn't even make any sense. It's like I, I don't even get it. What's the, the who, how, like? Why isn't the sun like kind of look like a guy? Why is it got triangle points and like? 2D glasses. The woman's 3D photo. Re- this movie is so stupid. This you know, there's no flaws. Settle that. Hold. Oh. Settle down. Okay. Settle right. down, I'm Tiger. Worked up. I'm getting. So you found the up. you found the I flaw. I found so the, we the flaw. The 2D the, sunglasses the one, on the sun. The one. And why billboard. is the sun wearing sunglasses? Why does all suns because wear cool. sunglasses? He's got to stay cool. Why can't he have? He's the cool guy. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Because I'm red hot. <laughs> I'm red, huh? <laughs> this movie is about people. Yeah, it's about the, those three guys. So mm-hmm. we're talking about Brody and his mm-hmm. political problem and, and how's he going to do this. At the same time, he's got a fear of water, which I don't think they get. I can't remember. I don't think they get into why uh, where yeah, his I fear of water I comes from. Doesn't, t- doesn't, yeah. I don't think it matters. But uh, and So it's him, like, his, the act of him going out on the boat you know, in the second half of the movie is like, is a huge deal for that character. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Hooper, 
played by Richard Dreyfus. Oh, is that is that Mr. Richard Dreyfus himself? He's, he's nearby. Oh. I can <laughs> I can smell him. You got your Dreyfus sense? <laughs> Dreyfus sense? Dreyfus sense? Uh, Dreyfus sense tingling? So Sorry. Dreyfus is Matt Hooper from the mm-hmm. Oceanographic Institute of whatever. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts? Sure. Uh, so he's he's trying to prove something that he's not a little little rich boy. Mm-hmm. He's trying to prove something to Quint. Mm-hmm. Just really a pissing contest between the two of them. Yeah. But the, this time when I watched it, I really like kind of honed in on that relationship more than I've noticed previously. Oh yeah. I mean, it's easy to sense that, but I was really watching their interaction, and and it's was bigger than I realized. And there, the, and there's a lot of setting that up. I mean, the the whole final third of the movie, thirty minutes of the movie is on that boat and these guys, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and it's it, they don't just like you know nip at each other and insult each other. Although they do that, but they all have it's all clearly defined. Each guy's doing their own thing, and mm-hmm. they happen to conflict. Yeah, or you know they run into each other. It all converges on the sh- the shark. The yeah. shark represents so much. Yeah, for these for men. each of these guys, it's it's uh, yeah. When I was sitting down to rewatch the thing, and I think I do this every time I see this movie, I'm like, I'm just gonna, oh, it's jaw, you know, I'll kind of be bored by it. I kind of expect to be bored by it because it's, I don't know, because it's just not a, um, it's not like a modern like spectacle action movie right. or something that I feel like all these movies need You're, to be. Are you looking for Dwayne Johnson? Um, the Rock's you, nowhere to be found. I, I have not found him yet in this movie. But but, but the movie, everything about it is uh, propels the story forward, sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And everything, every shot and scene is filled with information that just keeps you going forward. And it's all, it's it's, all important. Yeah, every, yeah, there's nothing wasted. Yeah. So it is, it's like the bison. Uh, with the Native Americans, it is nothing is wasted. You're, you're right. No part is wasted. But it's. Um, I was like the bison. Is that a? Did I miss that? <laughs> film? Where was there? <laughs> you, you remember the bison? The bison. The bison. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why I expected it to be bored. Because maybe I think I still have a bias. Like when I was a kid, and like there was a mo- movies before m- uh, my existence are kind of boring in my head. Which is not true, and I don't actually believe that. No, but as a kid, I, I had that too. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, when you're ignorant to like what a what a film actually is doing, what mm-hmm. it actually does, you know. Um, so I think it's I just have that association. Plus, Jaws sucks because there's a big shark that kills people, and I don't I, in the Atlantic Ocean. So I hated this movie for like a long time as a child. Uh, we all know how much you love the Atlantic Ocean. We oh established. Oh my god, that. dirty god! You can't see two feet in front of you. Do you ever no, like you, you try to look at your hands under the water? Yes. Like you can't. I just remember now because I, I grew up. We Shit both grew up on, everywhere. David and I both grew up on the East Coast. Yeah, separately. Separately, different states. Different states. Different cities. Even it's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I've been to Ocean City, Atlantic City, Ocean City, the Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. and Hilton Head off uh, to South Carolina, and that water is dirty. It is disgusting. It, like, it's not I just, blue. I just remember murkiness. Who yeah. Could, and then people do this for fun. Yeah. And I... Yeah, Why? Jo- Jones Beach in New York, Rye mm. Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, did I go in the Long Island Sound? I feel like I went You should have. Yeah. That's where it's at. And I just, like, I never, never wanted to go more than, than like, ankle deep. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. it. 
Well, anyway, there were sharks out there. We are really trashing the East Coast. Yeah, pretty much all. Sorry, of the East Coast. sorry, Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> I'm done. Everybody with there that's listening, just move out to move out to California. Guys, if you've never seen, well, and when I was a kid, I thought that's what all oceans were. Even though you know you see pictures, you see video of mm-hmm. like. People going to the beach, and I'm like, yeah, but the ocean, this, it's the ocean. Yeah. It stinks. <laughs> like, my, I just have a bias against water and sand yeah. and heat and sun and people. Yeah. So I have a, <laughs> I'm so, a real negative guy. <laughs> you like, so you like I moved to, to California. Ro- empty rooms with no people. <laughs> no, and water. No, no water. No water. No, no furniture. Right. Just a wooden room, which is where we are right now. Pretty basically, there's nothing. Except here. I'm in Florida. All right. Uh, At Recon Cinema Studios Two, oh. we've already opened up a second. It's our second location. Studio. Yeah, in Florida. Anyway, anyway where, where were we? When I go on these rants, I have to keep in mind what we were actually talking <laughs> about. The guys, the men, yeah. the stories. Oh, like, well, I brought it back to when I experienced it, thinking that this is a movie that's going to be boring, but it, obviously everything's just jam packed. Mm-hmm. It's everything's telling, and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's kind of the perfect formula um, as far as storytelling goes. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's just everything everything's working. Everything's mm-hmm. like you said, driving the story forward. Yeah. Um, there's no wasted anything really yeah. and it, it it is fascinating how how the difference of what that like you said the shark is brings it all together for all mm-hmm. these guys for different reasons where you know quint was literally swimming with sharks for a week and yeah you know and he every shark he kills is a revenge story for him you know yeah then, the, the quint backstory is is uh, fantastic it's it's a layer i mean quint is a good character but that backstory is an element that got you know added during the script process it was a a lot of people had a hand in this script um howard sackler was a writer that spielberg brought in who who kind of fleshed it out and then he uh also brought in carl gottlieb who plays a small part in the movie of harry meadows character Mm -hmm. uh who does a lot of the character work and really like fleshing that out even John Milius, who's another uh, filmmaker friend of Spielberg's and in sort of that circle of, of filmmakers, uh, comes in and adds. It, it's unclear who entirely wrote this scene. Mm-hmm. It sounded like Howard Sackler wrote a quick version of it, of the, the scene where, they, where Quint tells his backstory on the Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And Milius kind of expanded it and then... I hear sirens. The t- the Apologies if you can hear that. They heard about how dangerous our podcast <laughs> They're is. They're coming to get us. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> this is too good. <laughs> too dangerous. Sorry. And then Robert Shaw even adds his kind of spin on it. So it's it's unclear like who really had the most weight on that scene, but yeah. it's kind of a little bit of all of them. Clearly a collaboration uh, uh, at mm-hmm. its, as its finest in in filmmaking. But it, but it's that scene that really gets you to understand the Quint character mm-hmm. and where he's coming from, and he's he's survived the the sinking of the Indianapolis, and he survived the sharks eating, you know, so many of his fellow, you know, soldiers, and mm-hmm. and finally getting rescued, and and basically like, it's sort of like his life ended there, and he's had this ongoing death wish, mm-hmm. the rest of his life that he's a shark hunter. 
but knowing that like this he's gonna have an ultimate battle with a shark that he will probably lose you know he's caught how god knows how many sharks yeah and this issue hasn't gone away yeah he's he is not recon, reconciled yeah. or resolved anything it's is, like is i'm sure he's caught huge sharks and it, yeah. it doesn't didn't do anything like when you when you see his um his shop and you see all the the jaw bones like he's caught some big freaking things in there brother's been busy yeah but that's still like nope he's still got an agenda he hasn't found it he hasn't found the one big shark yeah uh and it's spoiler alert uh, just in general this is a general spoiler alert we're gonna have this every up we're we're not we're gonna make sure you see the movie before you oh guys yeah even though we're telling you uh if you, should if you haven't seen this thing, whoa, <laughs> it's over. Uh, uh, but th- it makes the end of the film when when Quint gets killed. I mean, it's sad to me. Oh yeah, it's kind of like a huge tragedy. Like his life is building to this point, and it happens. Like he loses violently to this shark. Yeah, and he has to he has to experience it as he's sliding down toward it. He he has to live with those last 20 seconds of his life knowing yeah. like what's going to happen yeah. instead of just getting, you know, just chomped in half or something. He, yeah. He has to struggle with like sliding to his own death. Yeah. And he, you see the fear and his, and it's cut kind of quick, but it, it still feels like that's taken a bit. Like you're going to, he's going to feel that pain. Yeah. It's not like a snap and it's over. It's yeah. The sliding down, he's kicking the and fear like trying to... desperately, that's the thing that always gets me about like like the desperation thing before characters get killed. That's what always kind of disturbs me. Yeah, well, there's it felt it felt real for yeah. for us watching. I think that when rewatching the film, I thought I was going to have a big hang up about the kid dying and all that, but it was Quint dying this time where I was just like, oh, like yeah, just because you want you want all three of them to like you don't want. Yeah. any of the three of them to die yeah like the, you, the hero should live yeah. you know but that's not how it works yeah in any good story and in the book the book is a is a little bit different in general it's it's pretty close to the movie mm-hmm. there are a few differences mm-hmm. one a couple of them are at the end um one of them is quint's death in the book it's a lot more there's more of a moby dick reference like oh, okay. he gets He's harpooned the shark several times, and he ends up getting tangled with the ropes and kind of, like, connected to the shark and, like, uh, tied to it. So when the shark goes underwater, I mean, he, he drowns. So the shark takes him down. The shark takes, takes him, him down, underwater. and when it oh is, like, attacking, like he's, his dead body is still, like, hooked onto oh it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> That's horrific. And, there, again, at the end of the book... It's more. It's not in a big explosive ending, mm-hmm. like it is in the film, which is, I think, a great. Another reason Spielberg is such a great filmmaker that he could see, and he he argued with Benchley about this point, mm-hmm. that the the ending of the movie needed something big. Mm-hmm. It couldn't end like the book ended. In the book, the shark is has been you know stabbed and harpooned a bunch of times and has been attacking and it's. It's coming right for Brody, just like in the movie, and stops almost right in front of him and just sinks. It's just, it's just spent. It it's just out of it. Die. It drowns. It drowns. Yeah, it does. Well, yeah, that's the. Oh yeah. 
It just because you know they stopped have to, swimming. Yeah, stopped swimming, and it just lost all of its energy and and died right in front of him. And he kind of just he's like waiting for death. Oh wow! And not like in the film where he's got he has this last shot, you yeah. know, that he can do. Yeah, he's got the final plan, the gun. The, the, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the boat's sinking. Like he doesn't have much time. Left. Yeah, like there's the, he. Uh, it's, it's, but he's got one way out. It, in yeah. the book, like he's got no way out, and he's yeah. just he's come to. At, you know, he's at peace with it that he's going to be killed. Yeah. Uh, he so sees... it's kind of like a, you know, kind of a softer ending in the book that mm-hmm. he just luckily got away with it. Whereas yeah. in the movie, it's like, you know, they set up the oxygen tanks earlier on. Yeah. They reference it a couple of times. They keep reminding you that they're there, yeah, yeah. which is really like great, subtle placement. Yeah. Well, it is. Subtle. It's all. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's not over. You don't know. You don't know it until it happens. Right. You yeah. don't know. I mean, it's Chekhov's thing. You know. Yeah. It's the whole thing. But it came up more than a few times. I guess. Yeah. That's, I guess it's better than just mentioning it once and then. Oh, by the way. Yeah. There it is. You know. But uh, they don't do. There. But they don't do like a pan over and zoom in <laughs> to like. They don't like say not that in your face. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, uh, that that uh, yeah. So for the film, you need a, a something visually striking yeah. you need to really hammer it home mm-hmm. earn that big explosion yeah we just saw them battling a shark for 30 minutes how right. does it end you're like rewarding the audience it's yeah. like a re- like all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap this story up for you it's not gonna you know we're literally gonna just blow it up yeah so well that's so that but and i think uh for the book that's a perfect end there's a that's a great literary way to end it you you know you can do that you can have all the pages you want to get to that yeah and that makes sense yeah for the visual medium for the the, how short a film actually is in terms of time you can't it'd probably be less satisfying for an audience so it blow it up yeah yeah i I think that was the perfect choice and good job stevie he did it again spectacular stevie what did he wow this guy. What a... First Jaws and then Tiny Toons. This guy <laughs> does it all. What happened between those two? No idea. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Don't want to know. And what happened after Tiny Toons? I don't know. Don't care. That's a, yeah. Don't want to know. <laughs> That's my philosophy. And then Hooper is another... There's a big difference. There's a whole storyline difference uh, with the Matt Hooper character. In, in the, the bo- book, he ends up getting into an affair with Ellen Brody. Ooh. Uh, Chief Brody's wife. Oh, and Brody like kind of suspects that it's going on, mm-hmm. and he's got this intensity with Hooper that they're working together. But he knows he like knows, but he doesn't have proof. Mm-hmm. And there's there's definitely a rivalry that develops once they're on the boat. I mean, he once he once he really knows it, it's like he wants to kill Hooper, oh, and wow. then Hooper like they get into it. Uh, when Hooper goes down in the cage, the shark cage, in the book, the shark gets him. Like, the shark attacks the cage, and it kills him down there. So Brody's the only one who survives. In the movie, Richard Dreyfuss got very lucky that his character lived because they had uh, hired some Australian filmmakers to shoot scenes of, you know, to go underwater and shoot some footage with real sharks that they could integrate in the movie mm-hmm. along with the mechanical shark or whatever they were going to, as they were trying to figure out how they were going to do this shark, at least they'd have some real shark footage. So they 
lowered the tank in the water or the cage in the water and were trying to get the shark to attack it or, or, or come near it, do something that they could use. And it wasn't doing it, wasn't doing it. They tried, they had a hard time getting the right, they tried to have a, like a, like a small person in a smaller cage to uh-huh. give it like a distortion to make the shark look bigger, yeah. to change the perspective. That wouldn't work. Uh, they couldn't, just nothing they were trying was working. Finally, they had an empty cage down there, and a shark happened to, like, nose the cage. Mm-hmm. And as it nosed it, it got tangled up in the the cable that was connecting the cage to the boat Aww. at the surface. Mm-hmm. And it starts immediately thrashing around. Meanwhile, the the oh, one of the filmmakers is, like, underwater filming it. And this shark is thrashing and tearing this cage apart. And there's some footage of it from the surface where its tail is all out of the water and whacking this boat that the rest of them are on. Holy cow. Uh, And it's really wild. And that's the footage that makes it into the movie. Ah. Because it was too good. I mean, that was what they needed. It just happened to not have anyone in the cage. So Hooper's Hooper's just behind the camera. Yeah. So they were like, well, I guess we change it. And he slips out of the cage. And that's Uh his point of view. Yeah. Watching the shark do this. Holy cow. And it made made sense. So another, like, logistical change that they had to make. But it works. I mean, it works for the story. And in the movie, they cut out the whole... They didn't even have the whole subplot of the affair. Yeah. There's no room for that. So Brody and Hooper are just buddies. Yeah. So it's kind of a feel-good that, you know, Brody... Quint's dead. Brody finally blows the shark up. Is just kind of stuck there on the water. And then it's... And then up comes Hooper again. His friend. Yeah, pals. Oh. Oh. Well, and you can see over the end credits as them like getting to the shore and getting out of the yeah, water. Such a great, a great shot. Wait, what a great way to end, to end it. Yeah. The, the credits aren't that long, right? Uh, you know, based on the, the end titles, and you just see them make it to shore. It's a, such a long shot, and and just as they reach the beach, they're safe, and you know, it's over. Yeah. And boy. Just what a perfect uh, and the music, the music at the obviously the score all the way through the movie mm-hmm. is top what top five score top, tw- top twenty five for sure <laughs> definitely top fifty <laughs> yeah no but it's it's one it's of those great. everyone knows the theme I mean it, talk about pop culture I mean that theme is everywhere especially in airplane that's where it's airplane. used the best uh, lots of other movies yeah. Uh, it's definitely been spoofed and redone. And yeah, I mean, but I love that last. Uh, I, I love that peaceful kind of score at the end of the over the end credits. It's like yeah. it's over. You can breathe. Everybody can relax. Yeah, mostly happy ending, other than Quint dying. Yeah, you know they they got rid of the shark and, or at least for now, for na- <laughs> until Jaws <just> two, <laughs> the revenge. Jaws two, Jaws. It's Jaws four. The revenge. Oh, oh, oh. So what would I don't two know. would just yeah. be just two? Jaws two, more shark. <laughs> Jaws two, again, or you know, it would be, it's Jaws comma T O O, like it's Teen Wolf two. Teen, right? Got it. Teen Wolf, also. Jaws also, basically, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then that music, it's just like everything goes back to normal. That's the yeah. sound. That's the soundtrack of life at Amity. And then now, that, Everybody's now we happy. can hear it. Everyone's friends, friends. Oh wait, have we talked about the mayor of Amity? We haven't. 
the what a great character. You know, we haven't talked we haven't talked too much about the cast, but I mean, screw the cast. Mayor Vaughn. Mayor Vaughn. Murray Hamilton. He did great. Uh, great character actor from the yeah, he was in what the Hustler. He was in he's in a ton of movies in the like late sixties into the early seventies. Couple Paul Newman films. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman's my all time favorite. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, let's let me retract that. Alongside Kurt Russell. Okay, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kurt, well, from, Kurt allows that because it's Paul Newman. They're from so. two different Hollywoods. Two different Hollywoods, sort yeah. of, sort of. Yeah, not really. Kind of, well, a little crossover. Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Murray Hamilton's fantastic as the mayor. And he's 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 he's, Bro- he's Brody's main problem for yeah, aside from the shark, but like. He adds this other level to Brody, but they and but I love the humanism that they have with him when mm-hmm. he finally comes around mm-hmm. after seeing, you know, a sh- a real shark attack. Yeah, that he finally comes around and he's like he's all flustered. He doesn't know what to do. He's panicking finally, and that's when he finally okay's Brody to hire Quint and go out and get the shark. Yeah, but but before that, two two great scenes where. The mayor comes in to to engage Brody about the shark problem, and that they don't cut at all. He just comes in, and they have a conversation first on that uh, ferry boat, mm-hmm. and then another uh, around the the stupid your, ass your favorite sign. billboard. <laughs> uh, but you know the camera moves, the camera travels with them. It's uh, and it's the mayor just imposing his his problem, his perspective onto Brody that Brody has to deal with. There's no way to cut because it's. I think we had talked about this in the past where it's just sort of him representing the town, representing the capitalism, mm-hmm. yeah. the business interests. Capitalism interest. rules. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely a political statement mm-hmm. going on here. You didn't see a lot of that prior to this movie, but this is just after Watergate, just mm-hmm. after all the intensity with everything Nixon. Mm-hmm. And this is a, the, one of the first big films that is you know, speaking out against the government a little right. bit. Yeah. Is showing that the negativity, the anger and the frustrated feelings and how, you know, corruption can kind of rule there. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's an earnestness to the mayor. It's not like he necessarily, he's just trying to serve his best interest, but that's the pro you know, that's the message of, of what that, what's the problem with politics? Yeah. What's the problem with these politicians? A, yeah. The money drives everything. It's a real cynical you know, attitude towards politicians for sure. Yeah. And I just, I, I always, I just keep harping on like, Oh, it's just these, it's just a one shot. It's always one take because it's coming in, swooping in, being an oppressive force and then disappearing. Mm -hmm. And there's no cut. There's no relief. It's just, you're getting hammered by, by this government or, you know, whatever this force. And it's going to just go away. It's so weird because the rest of the job, the rest of the film doesn't have anything like that. Yeah. Like in terms it's all of those cut, shots. cut, cut, cut. But know, those scenes, it's one. It's I think that was brilliant. in his contract. He's, I, I do one take Murray. I'm, <laughs> I'm wonders. I'm a wonder guy, but there's no wonder. But when he finally succumbs, he joins the rest of the world. He mm-hmm. joins Brody. Yeah. And in the hospital, you know, Brody's son is traumatized. Mm-hmm. They're all there. They saw the attack. They saw the dead guy. They mm-hmm. know that. You know, he didn't even believe. Oh my God, that scene with the in the pond. Yeah, that they call the pond. Yeah, when that was he a fisherman or I don't know. Just He's just guy a guy on a boat, boat who like He's ends a... up saving Michael Brody and his friends from yeah. the shark. 
Yeah, because by the, like unknowingly sacrificing himself, he was just there. He didn't see a shark coming up behind him. Yeah, and he's just like, "You kids, cool. You all right?" Yeah, like something, like, and then just has to go. Like, and that shot, that shot of the, this is the first time you see the shark or the or part oh, of the yeah. shark. Yeah, you see just, just like the mouth the kind of come from the side and just get him, you know, grab his leg. Yeah, uh, and the, sound, the the there's a music cue there, that's like a. I don't know if it's a violin or there's some kind of oh. cue that just it's a some kind of string, but it just oh my god, I get chills every time I see that. Mm-hmm. Just it just very like calmly coming up and grabbing him and pulling him down. Yeah, that that's what gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then oh. there's a deleted scene where that's Spielberg cut out because it was just gory and disturbing. Where where the shark is kind of dragging that guy along who's about like his torso is above the water mm-hmm. and he grabs and holds on to Michael and Michael's being pulled oh. along like with him. Oh my God. Yeah. It was like, he. thank it's you. Too much. Thank you, Mr. Spielberg <laughs> okay. for cutting that out. Yeah. That, yeah. that was too much. Oh, <laughs> well, a lot of great, a lot of great uh, people in this movie. And a lot of great cast. Going back to Murray Hamilton, he was so good in this, they invited him back for Jaws two. Jaws two, he's he's still the mayor, reelected probably. Yeah. And now Good this, outside of James Bond, I can't think of too many franchises that were happening in the seventies. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> what I'm just it? I'm I'm kind of just going through my Rolodex of films mm-hmm. in my brain. You're an encyclopedia. Yeah, we call it the Rolodex. I call it the Rolodex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that was, I mean, there were sequels, but no franchises. And this was another, this was probably the first one outside of Bond that they franchised. That's probably right, right? Yeah. More immediately than- followed by, again, everything with Jaws is immediately followed by Star Wars. So, <laughs> right, right, right. which is immediately followed by Indiana Jones. Right. So this whole, whole ball was rolling. Superman movies. So also. you're, you know. Your Heaven's Gates and your Apocalypse Nows didn't stand a chance against these kind of movies Mm-mm. on a money level. But yeah. anyway, uh, so this movie is so huge. It's yeah, they're going to go right into a sequel. They're going to go. They're monetizing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, action figures, action. <laughs> lunch boxes for sure, posters. I've got to have the Hooper figure. Give me. <laughs> it's Hooper with his. With his... <laughs> But there's devices <laughs> with a real recording truck. from Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> it's me, Matt, Hooper. star of Jaws. <laughs> That's the recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the toy, yeah. yeah. And Brody's got the karate chop action. Correct, yeah. Okay, you know, well, he uses it through the whole movie. He's karate chopping everything. Yeah, he's a cop. He can do a left or a right. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. This begat several sequels, mm-hmm. a whole slew of imitations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of which are good. No, they're None. all, they're all, I don't, nothing hits this level. Mm-mm. Some are decent, mm-hmm. like Alligator, mm-hmm. uh, not a great movie, but mm-hmm. still disturbing to me. Maybe me alone, but uh, Piranha, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg has said, you know that's the best of the imitations. Piranha. So, yeah, Piranha is a. We'll do Piranha one day. Okay. Joe Dante's Piranha, but it's it's almost like 
the same movie. The right? same movie just replaced the shark with piranha, and instead of an ocean, it's like a like a river. Mm. Um, it's 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 a fun movie. Okay, but a lot of the same notes. And, you know, the acting's decent in it. So all right. Uh, but yeah, three sequels, some video games, none of which can compare even compare to this no. to this one. Jaws two, I guess there's you can make. A mild argument that it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember really liking it as a kid. It's about if any of you guys haven't seen it, uh, another shark has come back to the area, Mm-mm. and no, an older no. Michael Brody mm-hmm. goes out with his friends, one of which is the son of the mayor. Uh, yeah, uh, they all go out on their boats, like into the ocean, kind of unsupervised and nobody knows they went out there when the shark comes attacking. And then at the same time, Brody starts seeing signs of other attacks and, and has a sense that the shark is, or a shark has returned. Oh no. Maybe the Bruce, Bruce, the shark, maybe it's cousins, cousin of cousin of the cousin, the cousin Jaws's cousin. Mm -hmm. They had, they must've had a family reunion. There was talk. And and Jaws wasn't there. And they're like, where's Jaws? Where? He was. Where's Bruce? He was last time he reported was near Amity. What, he said what he was going to Amity happened? for the summer. Yeah, and then he didn't come come back. I gotta go check this out. <laughs> I'm gonna check. So. This. Oh, those 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 dirty humans. <laughs> those dirty In people. In the dirty water. Oh God, the dirty water. Why are the sharks flowing up to these? Oh, never mind. So anyway, yeah. So then it's kind of rinse and repeat. Similar sure. shark attacks, but it's well done. The same effects people are doing the shark so mm-hmm. the shark look wise kind of visually kind of matches mm-hmm. um it's just not there's not there's not the same hooper's not back and they mention his character but mr dreyfus was was a bit was busy winning oscars yeah. and at that point uh quint is obviously not back so you're losing some of the dynamic characters that you had yeah you've got brody you've got ellen brody and you've got the mayor back uh who has i think he's got a little bit bigger of a part in that oh and maybe not all in one take his scenes i'm assuming he won't be as oppressive as he was in the first different contract does he go on the hunt does he grab a spear no but he's much more like yeah brody go out there and find it like (laughs) i think once once your sheriff uh saves the the whole town from a giant great white you you just you just let him do whatever he's got to do there's some there's some cool scenes though there's definitely some cool sequences um it's worth watching okay yeah i haven't seen it in a long time so yeah uh followed by jaws 3d Mm. not good this time it's (laughs) three-dimensional So I heard that's what three takes <laughs> takes place at a like a Sea World type place. Yeah, um, um, or Sea World itself. I don't think so. Right? No, not Wait. official Sea World. Yeah. But it's Dennis Quaid. A young Dennis Quaid is now Mar- uh, Michael Brody. Ah, and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is in it. Ah, but it's it's the the shark is in Sea World basically, and and attacks sure. from there. Yeah, because they would definitely capture great white shark. And they're going for this. That they're hitting the 3D angle, because that was huge in the early 80s. You oh, got yeah. you know Friday the 13th. A lot of things flying at the of, camera. Yeah, here. a lot of things at the camera. Mm-hmm. I think they were more focused on the technical side of that than yeah. they were any of the story stuff. They're just designing the shots first. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we need to actually have a story. Let's connect mm-hmm. these shots. <laughs> uh, so that's 
you know, not good. I'm not going to watch that ever again. Followed by Jaws 4, Jaws The Revenge. Yeah. And what's that one about? Okay. Brody's ready. Brody's still around, right? Brody, Martin Brody, Chief Brody has, they mentioned, has passed away. He's Uh, had a heart attack. Roy Scheider was, Roy Scheider was done after Jaws 2. Yeah. He's like, that was enough. That's that's enough. Enough. All right. Uh, so the shark comes, another shark, another cousin, comes back to Amity. Sean Brody, who's the younger son, is now one of the police officers, attacks and kills Sean. Oh. And it seems like the shark is there for revenge. That's the revenge, uh, right? Uh-huh. Getting revenge for its cousin. Uh, against, like, like a shark is going to know who... who that Brody family and like the and find Sean on land presumably like and to he gets him in the water yeah. yeah he's got to lure him out into the yeah. water as, as maybe he do. called him he like whistled <laughs> yeah I can't <laughs> yeah. whistle so you you, you don't know how to whistle I know how it just doesn't just doesn't work oh weird uh, anyway I'm so so many things and then Ellen Brody's got this kind of like psychic connection with the shark and mm-hmm. she goes down to visit michael who's now in like the bahamas or uh, bermuda like uh, an, an island where he's uh, you know is an i can't remember if he's he's like a dj <laughs> i don't know reggae <laughs> DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah no he does some kind of under like oh. work on the water i don't know if, i can't remember if he's a scientist or what he is now but he's not working at SeaWorld anymore he's done is it still dennis quaid no oh it's uh, Lance Guest from oh. Halloween 2, from mm-hmm. The Last Starfighter. Uh, right. Yeah. So he's Michael, and they go down there, and the shark just kind of follows them down to, to the island and starts attacking them down there. The shark's attacking the Brodies. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's only one way to get this shark. You, uh, you use a boat. You, you send out sonic waves uh-huh. to get the shark to jump in the air. Uh-huh. And you stab it with the boat. Yes, through the head. Yeah, with the uh, the head of the mm-hmm. the uh, what's the nautical Mast? term? I don't know. What's the t- I don't know. Starboard. All of our boat fans are screaming yeah. their heads out. Oh, right they're now. mad. They're they they're going to be tweeting at us. Don't, you mm-hmm. don't know what that point of the boat is called. Forward. Forward. The forward of the boat. The for- that the- doesn't make sense. The giant stick sh- <laughs> shooting out the front. Impales the shark. Now I'll say this: amazing. This made for a fantastic Nintendo game. Yes, works great for a Nintendo game. You go, you go hunting. You for do, sharks. you do two things in that game. Yeah. You hunt for the sharks to stab them, mm-hmm. send the sonic signal out, yes. and then you stab it. Or you jump off the boat and you go underwater and you collect conch shells, and, and then like maybe shoot at them. I think you shoot at oh, the shark. Yeah, I think you had a harpoon gun. Yeah, something like that. Like that, yeah. yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. I was never able to impale, impale the shark. I, I did. I did. Liar! I, I achieved that goal. I feel like you had to like do a certain amount of things before the game was gonna let you impale it because I don't, I don't understand. You had all these. You just keep having chances to kill it, and I can never do it. I timed it's it. hard. It's like to the Top Gun Nintendo game yeah. where you have to land on the aircraft carrier, and it's just you literally set can't. so that you can't do There's it. Just, you'll never, you'll yeah. always crash. Yeah. You'll never get to level three. Yeah. The game sucks. That's It's over. Um, anyway, but the, I thought the Nintendo game was fun. Sure. Um, Super but made a, one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's really ripped apart. I'd have to try to see that again. I don't know. 
I remember that, Jaws I, 4 being on HBO. I don't know. Yeah, I that was yes. I I saw that not long after I saw Jaws 1 and mm-hmm. 2 because it was like 86 when I saw 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and then Jaws 4 came out in 87, so I probably saw it in 88 seeing the whole franchise. Yeah. And this Jaws I don't remember when I universe. saw Jaws 3. I saw that on cable once, mm-hmm. I think. And it was not 3D. It was for just 3. A, I thought for a long time it was kind of like hidden away, kind of like Halloween 3. Like, uh, uh, maybe we didn't make a Jaws 3. Uh, just go from 2 to 4. Yeah, just jump. Keep it. Yeah. Is Ellen Brody in the third one? She's not in the third one. I thought she was, but in my, my research again, I, I, I think she's not. So there's a lot of great. But you get Michael Caine in the fourth one. Sure. There's a helicopter pilot that she's in love with. Hoagie. Hoagie. Right, you got it. And Mario Van Peebles plays the black guy, mm-hmm. who unfortunately dies, but doesn't. There's a there's an oh, alternate come... cut where he. So I mean, he gets eaten Dragged. off the the bow, and you see him getting chomped in mm-hmm. the jaw's mouth. Right. Yeah. There's there's, there's a, a there's another scene at the end, and and I think the European cut uh-huh. where they like find him. He's like, I'm okay. I crawled out. Really? And he's like bloody and kind of floating in the water. But <laughs> what? It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. I need to see all of it. And them. the same thing with Michael Caine. Like he lands the helicopter on the water to like okay. save them. And then the shark jumps out and eats the helicopter. And, and, and goes underwater. Yeah. And he pops up at the end. I'm okay too. Everybody's okay. Weird. It's a weird movie. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. When this I was thing. seven, I thought it was fun. But watching it later. Oh my God. Last week. Yeah. You watched it last week. Yeah. I knew it. Well, there's so many great people uh, in these movies. Mm-hmm. This, this, you know, and there's, it's just making me think of like all the great actors of, of the time. Um, there's, oh, and of there's what, one, which part? The 70s or the 80s? Uh, kind of both. Because, yeah. I mean, with spanning 12 years with those, those movies, there's one actor in particular that just is on my mind. I think it's time we go. To Kurt's Corner. Alright, here we go. We're going to Kurt's Corner. We're there. I'm 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 in the corner. Alright, you're yeah. here you're here with me? Alright, <laughs> so we're talking Jaws. And we're talking Kurt Russell. I've got I've got only a few questions for you. Okay. Fire away. Right, right. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, number one. Jaws. Is Kurt Russell in this movie? Mm, no. No, I'm gonna no. say no. I'm gonna say no too. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's. Unless gonna... there's a cut that he's, you know, some deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in this movie. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think we're ever gonna see him in this movie. Mm-mm. It's just not gonna happen. Um, so two. I forget which order I do these in. But Doesn't matter. Because he's not in this movie. Who's got the best hair in Jaws? Oh, well, Jaws. Jaws has no hair. <laughs> uh, I always go with the bald, the bald person the, or thing. The bald thing. Yeah. No. Uh, the hair. Dreyfus. Dreyfus for sure. That that curly mop. That is pretty. Great. Let me just say, sidetracking for one sec. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Richard Dreyfus fan, but okay. this movie, he's great. He's great in Jaws. He's like perfect. he does not get on my nerves at all. Mm-hmm. Other movies, I struggle with him. Yeah. Nothing personal, Mr. Dreyfus. No. It's, it's he's just, waiting outside the door. Yeah, he's he's coming for you. <laughs> That's what the ominous sound you hear. Yeah, it's he's the he's the new shark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Brody's Brody's curly locks pretty much. 
I'm gonna have to agree with you. This is uh, this is it. Yeah, because there were not a lot of great haircuts in this movie. No, there's some pretty simple I mean, haircuts. I like the mayor's. Not... I mean, the mayor's hair kind of hits, hits. Sure, is kind of a stylized coif. Yes, uh, that sort of fits that politician mold. Mm-hmm. Is it a great haircut? No, no. But it looks interesting. Yeah, but and uh, Kurt's always got. Kurt's always got great hair in every movie he does. Never had bad so, hair. We just so, like to compare it to so him. So yeah, I mean, who's got the best hair? Richard D. Yeah, Richie Dicky D. Richard uh, D. Reifus. Uh, so now, 1975 is when this movie came out. Would would 1975 Kurt Russell fit into this movie? Could we get him in here at any point? You think? Could he fit in one of the beachgoers? Or in one of the roles. I think he could be... I'm thinking 75. He Is he too old to be Michael Brody? I think so. I mean, Michael Brody... No, you know who Michael he should Brody be? Like 10. You know who he 12. should be is the... is At this point in his life, he should be the uh, officer who finds the, Chrissy's body you oh, know, in the beginning on the Brody's beach. Brody's like Brody's guy. Yeah, Brody's guy. Like oh. the only other police officer in the movie. Yeah, because he couldn't play the, the guy who was going to go to the, the drunk guy. He wouldn't play that guy, right? No, he's, no. He's a little, he's older. No, he's, he's he's too good for he's, that. He's, he's, he's yeah. way more. Tall. He needs to be in a position of authority. He, he's just, and I would say Hooper, but he's a little too young at this point. Yeah, I think. So yeah, I, I would say he could fit in. It's a perfect role. It's, but like it's, computer wear tennis shoes, Kurt Russell could be Michael Brody for sure. Yeah, which is a little prior to this. But Michael, Michael Brody's like twelve in the movie. So, so he's gonna play like Kurt 22. was twelve once. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't he on Gilligan's Island when he Kurt, was twelve? You know what, David? <laughs> Sorry, Kurt can do anything. I know. We've I seen agree. We, he's done it all. I believe that Kurt could be. He could almost do any role in this movie. It, he's yeah. He's that good. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, now since Kurt is not in this movie, we we gotta we gotta connect the big stars. Oh, so can you get me? Can we do a six degrees? Kurt Russell to Paul Scheider. No, excuse me, Roy Scheider. That was a that was a that was a callback. But Roy Scheider, I, can you get them together? Give, all right, give me. I'm working on it. Sorry for the silence of you. Can do this. This is. Uh, I can do it. I can do this. I believe. I think. How many do I got. Uh, I think I got it. Go. Okay. Kurt was. Kurt. Sorry. Let's start that over. Roy Scheider mm-hmm. with Robert Shaw and Jaws. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Robert Shaw to Sir Sean Connery from Russia with Love. Mm. Sir Sean. I know I can do this quicker, but this is the one that came up. Good. Sir Sean to Harrison Ford, La- Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Okay. Harrison Ford to Donald Moffat <laughs> in Clear and Present Danger. He plays the president. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Donald Moffat to Kurt in The Thing. Wow. Ooh, well, how I many like steps that. is that? That's, That's four, I think. Four degrees? Ugh. But, I mean, but, I mean, the alien. That was, that just, that big all kind of connected though. in my head, but I feel like there's... There's probably there are definitely tighter connections that the internet helped me find, but maybe because I feel like Roy to Gene Hackman and Hackman can probably connect to Kurt somehow. Oh yeah, how do you get to Hackman? Faster, but I can't. I can't. 
It's it's I'm got you, I got you on the spot. We're loaded up on uh, yeah. on Skittles and and caffeine right mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's gonna be tough. But uh, that I mean that those are great connections. The internet helped me figure this one out. Okay, because as it does, you can go two steps. Two. A couple times. You can go two. Fire degrees. away. I'm gonna give you. What the hell is this? Well, are we getting a wait. We're getting a late. Wait, are, well, are we getting what's getting handed to us from our intern, Paul? Oh. Paul, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Paul but, but please hand us notes before the show. Yeah, I don't know. This is brand new. Okay, so Roy Scheider. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie called The Rage. Yes. With Gary Busey. Gary yes. Busey. Gary. Gary Busey was in Soldier in 1998 oh. with Kurt Russell. Yeah, okay. Ooh, how about that? Yeah. That's something. That's probably the closest connection. Well, what about Roy Scheider to Dick Van Patten in Evasive Action? 1998. You're definitely looking these up. <laughs> you know what? Dick Van Patten was in The Strongest Man in the World with Kurt Russell. Do you know what The Strongest Man in the World is? That's Isn't that the third movie in a trilogy the third iteration of, of the Dex is it Dexter Riley I think yeah, is his character's yeah. name oh my god yes so he that's was the computer where tennis shoes was the first one yeah and then I can't remember what the second one was the second one was like the the guy who could turn invisible or something yeah like something like, yeah so this wow. college kid Dexter Riley just getting into these crazy adventures he turns into a living computer can turn himself invisible and then he can eat a cereal uh, that gives him temporary superhuman strength what a guy Where's Dexter Riley now? I don't oh know. man, Kurt. That that Paul, seemed like a franchise Paul, right there. Get by the Kurt way. on the phone. I've got an idea. Here we go. Part uh, four. That's a franchise right there. The Disney mm-hmm. franchise. Sure. The Dexter, the Dexter Riley trilogy. Speaking of a wait, can I sidebar one second away from Kurt? Okay. We're, yeah. Are we out of Kurt's corner? I mean, I think we basically hit. Yeah, it. we. I, I think we hit it. Another franchise that came from this that I didn't. I just almost forgot about. John? Sharknado. Oh well, sure. There would never be a shark that, that eighteen thousand Sharknado movies would not exist without Jaws. Yeah, the terror of sharks on film started here, and Sharknado is probably much the ultimate. I mean, the ultimate the terror flies around yeah. I and mean, it's all they're tornadoes with sharks in them for those of you that have just seen the sharknado movies and not jaws shame on you god damn it you don't even shame. know where you come from know where you come from but i mean if you're talking about what comes after jaws i mean alien borrows heavily from at least oh yeah showing jaws you, in space jaws in space you don't see the alien for most of the movie mm-hmm. and what you do see is terrifying yeah and then and uh, but also I think I think probably like the what's the ultimate like new thing that kind of does it and 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 holds up well Tremors I think is probably you Tremors figure, is a fun movie fun great stuff great action kind of a forgotten movie yeah and another movie like kind of ruined by its sequels but yeah but there's been like seven of them and Michael Gross is in all of them all of them apparently I but and now there's all. a new one. That Kevin Bacon, there's a series, and Kevin Bacon's gonna come back for it. Yeah, why not? Or they were doing. I don't know where was it there is a now. Show. There was a yeah. There was a show. There yeah. was a show, not with Michael Gross. Or was Michael Gross in that? I don't. know. I think he was in that too. God I think damn. he's been in everything. Michael Gross, but but actor director. Yeah, but anyway, I think like that, like that is a perfect, the perfect uh, result mm-hmm. of what Jaws can do. Yeah, something. 
this is not something under the water. This is something under the ground oh. that's going to come get you. It can get you anywhere. anywhere. But unless you stand on rocks, which happens in other shark movies. Mm-hmm. You know, sharks can't get you if you're on... Rocks are the safest place. So if you're worried about sharks or underground slugs, just move, hop on a rock. Move to a rocky area yeah. with giant boulders everywhere. Yeah. I think you're I think you're good. I think you're fine. Uh, I mean open water is the same thing. She's Sh- Shailene Woodley. Is that her name? Uh, Blake Lively? Yeah. yeah. She's on a rock. A, 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 a buoy. A, Isn't it a buoy? No, there's a buoy, and then she swims to, like, a rock. Well, don't, Isn't she? Spo- don't spoil it. I, I mean, the rock's in the yet. center. I think it's a rock. David. All right, sir. Um, anyway. Sorry. So, so like I was saying before, I feel like part of me keeps feeling like I should be mad at this movie for... Starting the end of my favorite period in cinema, but it's it's like we said, it's so it's so good. It's such a solid movie that that we're saying will it hold up today? Absolutely, one hundred percent. The only thing that's aged is wardrobe, right? That's it. The story works. There's no. I love how technology is not like an element here. And if you made it today, it wouldn't have to be. You could get around cell phones or iPhones or whatever, you right? Know. Well, um, I mean, uh, you're right. You don't. They're not. Nece- they're not. Um, it's not a necessary story point, right? But it's. Uh, I would recommend this to anybody. This is. It's a perfect story. Anybody perfect. over the age of thirty. Yes, if you're younger than thirty and you haven't seen this movie, do not watch this movie. <laughs> if you like the ocean and you're, and you want to keep liking the ocean. Don't see this movie. Yeah, uh, that's all my advice in terms of <laughs> this film. And then also, don't no matter what your age, don't go to the Atlantic Ocean beaches. That's the main theme of what we're saying today. Just stay away from Get, the Atlantic. The ocean. Atlantic beaches are fucking terrible. Maybe Florida. Maybe down there it's fine. But oh god, I can't imagine. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, barf. Just come to the Pacific. God, but. Uh, <laughs> The movie totally works today. It works as well today as it did then. Always. It's timeless. Uh, totally would recommend it. Yeah, see it. See it with a friend. And now we just reconcinemized it. Mm. This movie is for our reconcinemation. <laughs> Does everyone understand like the pun at work? Yeah. I, I hope they get it. That's uh, like why do they call it reconcinemation worldwide? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag reconcinemize? Recon- question mark? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Those two well, old guys well, talking about. Um, and then that movie, so the, because it was a blockbuster, did it It made a ton of cash, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know made, how much? I had four hundred, about $470 million worldwide. Worldwide. It was That's- about... 280 or something domestic something like that I have that. like a semester around 260 yeah, maybe yeah. but uh, and there was only like three other theaters that, like in other con- in other countries like that's it there's all the movie screens are here yeah so <laughs> to make 140 <laughs> more on like three screens yeah pretty good pretty impressive pretty uh, impressive work. and it was so at the time the godfather was the number one movie of all time mm-hmm. this beat that movie the godfather is my personal favorite so mm-hmm. The Godfather was dethroned by hmm. by Jaws, which two years later is dethroned by Star Wars, and yeah. that record held for twenty years yeah. until Titanic, which 
Is it still is Titanic number one? It's like number forty now or some shit. Well, like I mean, 20? if you do like with uh, inflation, yeah, with inflation. Well, in the modern day, probably Titanic, but of course we know or Avatar. It's I mean, those are like the top two, I think. Uh, maybe we'd have to look, but I yeah. mean, obviously we know Gone with the Wind. Yeah, still ticket sales, yeah. but. Yeah, as far as the modern era, I, I'd have to look. I don't know. I haven't done the inflation check on, yeah. the, on the old uh, website that does those things. But the, but Jaws won a few Oscars, too. Won sure. three. It was 18 nominations, won three. Ridiculous. Yeah. What a great movie. But John Williams won. Won for editing with Verna Fields and, uh, and sound. Not hair. All well-deserved. Didn't win hair. Didn't win hair. No. Well, that's because Kurt wasn't in it. Right. Would have it would that's he's an like if you had Kurt in it with Tango and Cash level hair. Oh my god, oh, forget about it. If you forget <laughs> aces, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big money, big didn't cash. win best picture, no, but nominated. What did win best picture in 75? In 1975, don't cheat. Well, I don't want to say, I'll say it. Go ahead, Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, baby. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned Cuckoo's Nest. What other movies came out in 1970? Wait, they go on the water. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But that movie made a lot of money too. Cuckoo's you know Nest. That? Yeah, that that was. I'm gonna say that's number two. It is number two. Yeah. By a, by 160 million, but mm-hmm. it, it made over 108. Yeah, big hit. Jack Nicholson, big star. Can you think of any other movies that might be in the top five, top ten? The, in the Killer Elite, James Caan, Robert Duvall, Sam Peckinpah movie. No, that's not it. Don't see it. No. No. Interesting movie. Um, 75, though, The French Connection 2 also came out that year. Oh, yeah. Bottom of the box office, Ooh. though. Uh, no, Was, no. Uh, no, Rocky 76, Network oh. 76, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 75. Pacino. Dog Day? Mm-hmm. Dog Day Afternoon. Nice. Great. That's number four. Yeah. Well done. Warren Beatty. The Parallax View? No. Goldie Hawn. Oh, Shampoo. Yeah, yeah. number three. Uh, let's see what else you got. Oh, Redford. Dunaway. Oh, uh, oh my God. The name just... It's a, it's a, uh, it's a funky name. Sidney Pollock's great movie. The Falcon and the Snowman. No, it's... it's I know. <laughs> Falcon and the <laughs> Snowman. I want to see that movie, whatever that is. Uh, three Days of the Condor. Yes, there The you Falcon go. and the Snowman's a great uh, Sean Penn, oh, Timothy right. Hutton movie. That's right, that's yeah. right. I want to see that movie. That sounds good. Fantastic. I've never seen it. Uh, Streisand and Khan. James Khan. Oh, God. What was that Omar movie? Omar Sharif. Tell me. I totally blanked on that. Funny Lady. Funny Lady. Funny Lady. Sequel to Funny Girl? Probably. Yeah. yeah I think this is about her mother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, that's, that's yeah. it. So I mean, Jaws dominated the box office yeah. and just blew all these ones out of the water. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good, yeah. Not a lot of. There's not a lot of data about the box office back then. No, box office wasn't a big thing. This is what started it. Yeah, it was this, and then two years later with Star Wars, it's like like now this is a thing we need to focus on. Let's talk money, baby. Make it about that. And you're bragging for everyone, Mm -hmm. so you you, those studios can get the best movies and the best stars. Yeah, and the best financing. And. most of the other filmmakers from the 70s didn't really survive. And Spielberg and Lucas, who made the number one and two movies from that generation, money-wise, yeah. are like the, the, are from that group, but they're the most 
financially successful ones. I mean, a lot of the filmmakers kept making films, but none of them were. Scorsese's the only one who really had some major hits afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he kind of made it through. But uh, most of the others, I mean, never had the same level of hits. Coppola, Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. uh, John Milius just didn't have the same success they had afterwards. But they, well, they just, it's not, they still make profitable movies though, right? But not uh, Yeah, big. but they don't have the creative freedom they anymore. Get, they don't get the it's, juice. Yeah. They don't get the push from the studios that they were getting. I mean, especially Coppola after Apocalypse Now, after that disaster and the the disaster of Heaven's Gate in the the early 80s just really was, uh, after that sunk United Artist, it was like all these signs are pointing to the creative control of these directors needs to come to an end. And it's got to be, let's start making money with this stuff. Yeah. How to maximize the, the, uh, the profit, how to get eyeballs on the, on the screens yeah. butts in the seats and the and the whole like fast and the furious style of movie making really started with top gun that's like the end that's like no more this is this is it this is how we're making blockbuster movies this now. is how we make our money yeah this is our bread and butter yeah we'll we'll finance all their bullshit yeah to, to keep people satisfied till the summer so jaws was kind of what started the blockbuster movie huh. following this show Coming up next, we've Ooh. got the movie that kickstarts the 4th of July weekend mm. specific blockbuster movie. Yeah, with Mr. 4th of July himself. Mr. 4th. Mr. 4th. That's what he told you to call him. He's told you several times to call him that. Yeah, he goes by that even 20 years later mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Mr. 4th. Mr. 4th. Uh, well, we, we should stay, stay tuned for that. It's yeah. coming up right now. We're going to record that right now. Yeah, live. Live as soon as you live from Hollywood. Hollywood, you're in Hollywood, California. I'm Hollywood, Florida. Uh huh. You know, yeah. As long as we shoot, we shoot. As long as we record in ho- in a Hollywood, we can say that we've got a legitimate yeah, problem. We're, we're, I'm not, not going to lie to our audience. I will not do that. No, no. We're here. We're true. Get used to it. <laughs> Something like that. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up now. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, this thanks great. for, yeah. I really memory lane, a trip down memory lane. Every, every, I know we're coming back to back. We've got four shows within basically a one week here. Yeah, we're, we're giving you content. But we're going we're gonna to hit our regular time zone, which is every two weeks. So we'll be back on July 16th. And we've got a, a real special treat for you. Can't wait up to, there. Can't wait to see them all there. So enjoy these first four episodes. You know what? Give us a five star review. Yeah, we need to be we need kind. a mention. Give us a little iTunes, just a thumbs up. Yeah. Say, hey, these guys are doing their best. Yeah. They're improving yeah. week to week. And we're gonna get better and we're gonna we're we're here to have fun. We're gonna too. get better, we're gonna get more interesting, <laughs> we're gonna get funnier, we're gonna you get more interesting every day. So <laughs> well, thank you. Think I about mean, what's going to happen in two weeks. Oh my oh gosh! My God. Two weeks more of me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh boy! All right, um, guys. Well, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with us. Here you on. can uh, tweet at us at at yeah. uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Reconsinimation. Also, that's our Insta. Our Insta tweet. Insta handle. Yeah, I probably have Facebook our Facebook page, page Reconsinimation. Yeah. Um. Website us, will be up soon. Check us out. Drop us an email. Yeah. 
whatever those. If you guys have are. any, yeah, if you have any movies you want us to cover, you want to hear us ramble on about. Like these guys have been, have some hot takes on Send, yeah. Working Girl, <laughs> which we might do in like three years. I can on the 30th anniversary. Yeah. That's this year. No, is it it's this a, year? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like the yeah. anniversaries. So, well, looks yeah. like we got to get, we're working, working girl in. But we got a good lineup coming the, the rest of the summer. So, yeah. we got a nice plan. And we can't wait to see you all here with us. Stay tuned. Rewatch Jaws if you haven't in a while. Check it out. It's, it's still a wonderful, fantastic film. Thank yeah. you, Mr. Spielberg. And thank you, Mr. Spielberg. And Mr. Zanuck and Mr. Brown. Uh, we, we could go on and on. And Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> yes. who's waiting outside still. He's just <laughs> he's, he's trying to get in here. He's yeah. desperate. Don't let Paul, the intern, is doing his job. Letting him, letting him yeah. stay out there. Paul, t- as soon as I hit, as soon as I cut this, you can let him. You in. can let him in. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. We'll see you in. Uh, we'll see you next for the bonus show, and after that, we'll see you in two weeks. So stay tuned. See ya. Two quick notes on tonight's show. Earlier I referred to David Brown as Richard Brown, but it is indeed David Brown. Apologies about that. And just making sure everybody knows, more people die from office chair accidents than shark attacks. So keep that in mind. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Reconsinimation.